on all things Spurs. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to the new edition of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam. I'm thrilled to say, joining me once again, we're doing two shows in a row, people. It's my friend Matt. How you doing, mate? You alright? Yeah, yeah, not too bad at all. It's um, yeah, it's all right. I think we're we've not kicked the season off yet, so I think at the moment I'm in that you know August optimism phase, even though it's September. Yeah, like we, we've had a weekend where we haven't lost, so like you know it's it's, yeah. it's it's a nice feeling, isn't it? It's not include the fact we haven't played, but we haven't lost, you know. So that is te- technically a true statement. <laughs> it is exactly yeah. So it's that. You know, um, we talked about it before loads of times. I always have that kind of like uh, June depression, July, I start to think about football again. And then by the start of August, I'm like, we're going to win the league. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm having that later because of COVID, but I am enjoying that at the moment. That kind of optimistic energy that only a Tottenham fan can get, I think. No, of course. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to be in, in any of the questions or anything later or we can discuss it later. But I feel like, again, it might just be kind of that optimism that I shouldn't really have. But the signings are, are, are making me feel optimistic. It's not and it's not it's not from the point of view that we've 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 gone out and bought Suarez and Messi, you know, like, you know, we just bought yeah. these out of the world. So, but for me, it's we've we've bought players that are Mourinho players. Like you know, you look at all, you look mm. at the three of them. Uh, you look at Doherty, Hart, and Hoybier. Uh, These are three um, aggressive Mourinho players, and I don't know. They just they're just giving me this like obviously top, you know like probably most Spurs fans do. I follow uh, the Tottenham Hotspur page on Facebook and Instagram, etc. Yeah. And they're posting a few pictures of some of the new signings. And I think Matt Doherty trained for the first time a couple of days ago. And yeah, he did. Just... Yeah, came back from Ireland. Yeah. Yeah, and you, and you and you see him training. I don't know. It just it just gives me that kind of feeling that we've got we've got some. Because I always, for for me I always look at Mourinho when he was at Chelsea and, and you know and he won it won a, won everything that was there to be won almost like you know and he had a lot of aggressive kind of big aggressive players like Drogba and Terry yeah. and those kind of players and I feel like we're getting those kind of players in now you know the ones that are going to hopefully make a difference on the pitch and also in the dressing room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the dressing room thing, I think, is a, a really key point to all three of the signings because um, did you? I shared on the page yesterday, uh, as we record this, is Thursday the 10th, so it was yesterday the 9th of September, I shared a, um, an interview with Mika Richards, Micah Richards, mm. uh, basically talking about Joe Hart. Did you get a chance to read it? Yeah, and, and I did, and uh, if you go onto our website, I was really struggling to find news stories yesterday, so I just copied and pasted your one from the baseball page, <laughs> so I've read it, mate, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. You just okay. you can't find you can't find stories nowadays. Like it's at the last few days, like normally my go-to yeah. sites to find stories are just empty at the moment. It's yeah. such a struggle to find a story. <laughs> no, I know. To be honest with you, it is a, it is an interesting time for content because in the transfer window, we we as a page with Spurs News, we kind of have this policy. It's not like a written down law, but we kind of have this policy where we don't 
post clickbait. We, we genuinely don't. And we also don't post constant transfer stories and rumours because, to be honest with you, 99% of it's garbage. So mm. what we do is we do a summary post every now and again, like this is all the stuff from the last few days. During a transfer window, you could post one daily with how much it changes, but we try and do it every two to three days. Yeah, sure. Um, and we also, and so when it comes to this time of year, especially actual content with interviews and actual stories and journalism just goes out the window. It's all, all guys racing around for clicks. I did see a comment earlier on saying, oh, I like this page because you don't just post about Gareth Bales. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, dude, you have no idea. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but by the way, hashtag bring Bale home. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I love hashtag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got to have a hashtag in there. So, yeah, it's um, um it's quite funny you say that. But the signings, uh, personality-wise, um, Mika Richards basically alluded to the fact that he ain't a shrinking violet. He's not going to join a club and think, I'm the third-choice keeper, I'm getting paid this, I'll go to training, I'll go home, my life is great. He's basically going to go on into Tottenham with the idea in his mind of, all right, club, you want to try and prove that you're going to win some stuff? All right, well, let me tell you what it's going to take. Yeah. And Mika, like, told stories about how he, like, stood up to managers, how he's not afraid, basically, to tell teammates he's crap. And one of the things I've noticed in Friendlies when he's been on, he is barking, or, you know, he doesn't shut up. Yeah, yeah, and, and you hear <laughs> um, it more because it's no fans, so you can really yeah, hear it. Yeah, I know, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, they do, when the season starts and younger kids are watching these games, I think they do need to get a guy on a hot button for, you know, the old beat machine. <laughs> But yeah, it's um, it's been interesting. Uh, you know, Hoybier. By the way, I think we should input like a little applause every time me and you say that, right? <laughs> well, you more uh, than me, yes. mate. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I butcher shit. Yeah. Uh, Pierre Emil Hoybier. Uh, just saying it again because I can. <laughs> he is um, you know, you listen to him talk very calm, very um. I'll tell you what. Someone said to me the other day, he sounds like the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yes, I got that, that set of bones, isn't he? That kind of Scandinavian, very slow in how he talks, and you know, yeah. I am in the midfield. I will avenge them. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, whoa, okay, I'll be back. All right, no worries, Pierre. <laughs> we're we're all on your team, mate. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's quite interesting. And I, I was going to work. I mean, we're not going to know until we get into some games. Um. But, I mean, so to my mind, having him there freeing up some of the other players to play a more natural game uh, should make us a lot more uh, a lot more dynamic, a lot, yeah. a lot easier on the eye as well. Sure, and, it, and, it, um, and it, it feels like, it almost feels like we've signed three captains, don't you think? Like all three yeah, of them could be captains for their, for their well, yeah. squad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I agree. I mean, Choi literally was captain of Southampton before he came. Mm. Uh, Hart was captain of Man City for a time before Pep. Mm. Um, you know, so, yeah, and Doherty, I mean, is a player you can just see, you know, sort of exudes that confidence and leadership. And in his interviews as well on Spurs TV, he, you know, he's not signed for Tottenham as kind of like, woohoo, a big club signed me, brilliant, I'm going to earn more money. It feels like he's signed because... He wants to go and win something. Yeah, yeah, you get that which feeling, is what don't you? you want desperately. Yeah. Mm, mm. Um. So yeah, no, I'm with you on that, and I'm getting excited about the signings. You know, I see a lot of stuff with people just like really down about it. You know, every time we've announced it, almost people are like, "Oh, wow, great, we've signed someone from Wolves. Great, we've signed someone from Southampton. You know, we're going to get stuffed. We're going to end up mid-table. Blah 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 blah." 
they're the sort of people though, Sam, that we'd sign Messi and they go, oh great, we've signed a 30, 30 something coming to the end of his career. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They are the sort of people, aren't they? You can never yeah. make these sort no, of people you happy. Are, you, you are right. I mean, that is that is a, uh, a thing that you ain't going to please all of the people all of the time. Um, and you, you ain't going to please any of these people any of the time. <laughs> and yeah, that's what I was about to say. And in my experience, I ain't pleasing anybody any of the time. So just ask my ex. Um, but yes, it's... It's interesting that you see that kind of reaction because, of course, I, I like you. I looked at it and went, I'm so happy we're signing players that actually address our squad issues. Yeah. You know, a right back desperately was needed. Serge Aurier, as much as I respect the man for playing on with us, he lost his brother and he kept playing during Project Restart when we needed him and I will respect him for all of his career because of that alone. The guy has got a kind of switch in him in games where he can beat somebody and put in a cross of beauty that Kane scores from and we all go, oh wow, yeah. Serge Aurier, wow. Yeah. And then he'll put a tackle in in defence that's so perfectly timed you go, now that's a def- wow, now that's the attacking beast of a fullback we were all after. And then he'll, in the very next moment, try and chip the ball over somebody's head and they take it off him and score. Or he'll just kick somebody up in the air and give away a penalty. Or, Mm. you know, as Jose says, I'm worried about you marking people because with VAR, you're going to give away a shit penalty. (laughs) You know, and that's that's the thing. He just has that in him. And when he first signed with us, I think everybody, with Pochettino as the manager, we all kind of looked at him and went, oh, there's definitely a player there. Mm. But I get the feeling that Ever his whole career, people have looked at him and gone, "There's a player there. We can, you know, we can iron out these problems," and it just hasn't happened. No, no, you're right. And in other leagues, I mean, in France, for example, in other leagues, and this is not me saying other leagues lesser leagues, but they do have different paces to them. In England, you don't get a minute to breathe. You know, the intensity of the Premier League. Everybody talks about it. Just people pressing and going, hurrying you all the time. In Italy, for example. The fullbacks and the defenders don't get pressed, really. I mean, I remember watching Italian football in the 90s when it was basically just two banks of 4-4-2 and occasional superstar doing something amazing. You watch the Italian league now, and I, I actually have done a little bit recently for the first time in a long time, it is still so tactical, Italian football. It's like a chess match. But they don't do that kind of high-intensity press, really. They just kind of like, all right, try and break us down it's like jabbing <laughs> you know, they're like jabbing at each score. other aren't they more than kind of yeah and then someone yeah. would do something like amazing and you're like yeah. wow where did that come from mm. but it is just kind of like two boxers going around in a circle jabbing until someone just launches an overhand right and yeah yeah Aurier, i mean that's the kind of league or that's the kind of player that you can see why italian clubs are interested because you know he's got that pace he's got a dynamic and he isn't going to get that same level of pressure defensively in open play anyway as you mm. would do in England absolutely yeah um, I completely agree so yeah so it's interesting I mean but you then like we're talking about signing Doherty so we're talking about the signings and for me being clear upgrades assuming Aurier does leave in this window you've then replaced him with Doherty we still will only have one first choice or one specialist right back in the first team squad um, there's a couple of kids in the academy um Surely, my opinion, I don't think they're first team ready. Um, but we also have Jaffa Tanganga, who obviously showed last season that he can cover there. 
what I would say is over the course of an entire season, especially the way, you know, fullbacks are expected to play nowadays, you can't expect Doherty at 28, 29 years old to play the near 50 to 60 games that Tottenham could potentially have this season. Mm. You know, so when, when do you rotate him out, you know? Because every competition is important to us, you know, it, and I know it's going to be insane in September, and maybe that's going to largely dictate what happens with the rest of the season, because, you know, September, in theory, if we aren't on it straight away, we could be out of Europe and out of the League Cup. Yeah, sure. You you wonder because <laughs> so, he, he, he played Gidson, didn't he, and right back, and a couple of friendlies, and obviously yeah. that's something that's going through Mourinho's mind as well, you know, the, the kind of the cover for right yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think that is something. And, and also left back. Because as I was about to come on to, I mean, Danny Rose, as we're going to talk about during this podcast, without a shadow of a doubt, um, you know, he looks like he's definitely leaving the club as well. Now, if that's the case, then you've literally got Ben Davis, who's a specialist left back. Um, now, the kid from the academy who can play left back is called Dennis Serkin. And he is a really good young player. And I genuinely feel that if he gets rotated into games and, you know, gets kind of like played into the role this season. Mm. The Europa League, the League Cup, potentially depending on who we're playing, etc. We could actually genuinely be saving ourselves 20, 30 million pounds by having him there. Um, I think Jose would prefer him to go on loan this season and have a more experienced option. I think Jose would love that. But of course, you know, budgets and etc will come into play but yeah, sure. yeah I, you know but it's just it kind of illustrated to me while we were talking about signings just how lopsided and how poorly managed our squad's been mm. because if you move up the pitch all of a sudden and let's talk about the players that can play off of Kane you know if you if you put the Kane as a striker let's just park the fact that he's the only striker at the club <laughs> at the moment yeah. but mm. Kane's there playing off of him uh, and I might even miss someone now, but you've got Sonny, Sessignon, uh, uh, Lucas, Lamella, uh, Deli. Um, so that's five. Who have I missed? Bergwijn. I definitely missed somebody. Bergwijn. Bergwijn. There you go. That's just. So I mean, that's that's six players up there fighting for two to three roles, depending on the formation we're playing and stuff. Hmm. And yet you go. I mean, you got young Jack Clark as well. I mean, that takes us up to seven. Um, you then head to the back, and we've only got one right back, potentially. You know, we've only got one left back, potentially. Um, in central defence, you know, you'd say that Toby, uh, Eric Dyer, and obviously Davinson Sanchez, you add Tanganga to that, then really central defence, we are okay. Um, Toby's a 100 cap international for Belgium, we all know his quality. Davinson Sanchez, for me, under Jose, looks a much more accomplished defender and looks much more settled in what he's being asked to do and how to play. Uh, I think Eric Dyer looks much better as a central defender now. Um, so, you know, and again, all three are internationals. Tanganga, a fantastic academy prospect. Those four really central defence are kind of set, but then you've got them also having to cover fullback. You know? Yeah, sure, sure. So it's kind of it, how our squad's been managed or, or mismanaged is is really bizarre how it's ended up this way. And you move into like the midfield role and again, you know, we're stacked. Uh, Jetson's in there. I mean, 
as you've pointed out, he's now being experimented with at kind of like right back and then in a different friendly he was right up playing the number ten role. Mm. I still don't think they know what his position is. Yeah. Uh Sissoko, Undombele, Winks, Hoybier, I said it again. Um, you know, and again, I'm sure I'm missing some. We missed Lacelso, we missed Lacelso, didn't we? As well, like he's. Oh, there you go, Lacelso. Yeah. 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 So, so there you go. So, I mean, again, you've, you're kind of like in the central midfield area, an attacking midfield area. We are stacked with so much talent there. Finding the right combinations is going to be key. But then, you know, in central defence, I, I genuinely believe with Hoybier and the team, those defenders are going to look are going to get more protection. And are going to look better this season than a lot of people think they will. Yeah. Uh, Lloris in goal, World Cup winning captain. Gazaniga, we know, is a very able deputy to come in. Uh, Joe Hart, 75 cap, former England international. A great wealth of experience to be in, a, in the mix as well. And then, obviously, you've got one of the world's best strikers in Harry Kane up front. It, it just kind of... like So, like you said, you know, the signings we've made have addressed kind of like key areas. But it almost feels like one window isn't enough you know mm. it's going to feel like it's going to take some time to really fix this um, would, you, would you know we're going games the... sorry yeah sorry, sir. no I was, I was going to say no, sorry, no, mate, to, sorry to interrupt you all I was going to say was it just proves it just shows you how much luck he's going to play this season yeah isn't it exactly. and, and and like in, in with injuries if we, if we can stay yeah. and, and, it, and it is luck isn't it it's luck of the draw if we it can is, stay yeah. relatively injury free we have got yeah. a fantastic squad there, but and I know yeah. we're going to go onto it, and I'll obviously discuss it when we when we talk about the the, the, the show, the all or nothing show. But once you start yeah. losing players to injury, it's and like yeah. you say, if you know if you if you lose, if say Doherty was to have an injury that's, that takes him out for, for seven or eight weeks, we're having to put a temporary right back in there, aren't we? And and yeah, yeah. and but if he can stay injury free and play the whole season, we've got a fantastic right back all season. So Lucky's going to play yeah. a big part. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It does play a massive part. And one thing I say is, obviously, sometimes you can kind of um, make your own luck or kind of help. You know, I, I always say the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. And you know, if Doherty, like you just said, I mean, the Harry Kane one is probably the the most visceral example we can all give. Harry cannot play sixty games this season. He no. just cannot. No. And I love Sonny with all of my heart, but he genuinely isn't a nine. He, he just isn't. And I know every time we get to a transfer window and we haven't signed a striker, the PR department for Tottenham start peddling the well, Son can play up front, so can Lucas. No, that that's not their role. Yes, they of course they can cover. Like Tanganga can cover it right back. Like Davis can cover at central defence. But Davis is a left back. Tangang is a central defender, and Son is someone who plays off the striker from wide. You play him at nine, you lose what he does, which is his pacing behind. And how many times do you see him edge of the box, cut inside, bang? Oh, frightening the life out of defenders. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's what you want because he gets the space to do that because defenders are terrified of Kane. Mm. You know, if Kane's in the middle, defenders are on him, watching him constantly, and that gives Sonny the space to pick up the ball jink it inside and smash it into the corner. And we see him do it all the time, like that curling shot. I mean, I, I watch Sonny line that up on a regular basis and, you know, it's almost like you, you know what's going to happen. Mm. And the defenders probably know. They just can't do nothing about it. Yeah. It's a rock and a hard <laughs> place, isn't it? Out. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You rush out to close him down, he just threads the ball through to Kane and you know, ninety nine percent of the time Kane scores. Mm. So yeah, it's that's what you want. And if you want to diminish Sonny's influence on a game, then yeah, on occasion you can play nine. And this is the big thing, is like that doesn't seem to translate to a lot of people. It's like, yeah, of course Sonny can cover there. We're not talking about his total inability to play the game like that. You know, if we're playing a game, Harry gets injured, Sonny can easily go in there for the rest of the game. He can probably cover a midweek game or something like that. But that's not ideally what you want. What you want is to have a striker who is an out-and-out striker like Kane. So that way, when you, if Kane gets injured or just needs to be rotated to protect him, which is something I think the club really needs to do, is that you don't diminish Sonny's game. You know, mm. you, you bring a guy on who can come on and play that role, fix the defenders to give Sonny and Lucas and Lamella and Delhi and all these other players, Bergwijn, who relish on that space created by having a fixed focal point for the defence. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, and you're we need that. And and like we were talking about the signings we've made so far, both of us agree. I think they've been great. I think they've addressed key issues in our squad. There is still more needs to be done. I, I like to think everybody knows that, but the next signing has to be a striker. Yeah, yeah. I I cannot stress enough how the next signing cannot be a plucky winger from France called <laughs> anybody from Portugal. Yeah, yeah, it, it can. You you just cannot do that to us again. You know, signing another winger would just prove that the club have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Yeah, everything everything has to be on getting a striker, and there's a few that we're linked to that are very capable of doing the job and as you put it on the signings we've already made very Jose you know they're mm. big they're mm. powerful strong well, that, they're, that... Not, they're gonna bully defenders sure <laughs> that po- we have that Polish guy aren't we that's uh looks yeah looks Milic. yeah Milic. yeah mm. yeah I mean he's the kind of player you know you could tell loves to get into a fight with a central defender for the entire 90 minutes yeah um yeah. you know it's a very Jose kind of player um yeah, I mean it's it's a lot. There's still a lot to be done, but I'm like you. I'm I'm kind of excited by the business we've done so far. There is still time. I know the season starts this coming weekend. We play Everton, and I know everybody in an ideal world would love to have all of our signings done, settled in. That's not the reality of how things work, you know. Van der Vaart joined us on deadline day. Countless players joined us on deadline day and have gone on to be phenomenal in Tottenham shirts. So let's let's just let the club keep working. You know what we've done so far is great. The club seem to know it. We all know it. The business cannot stop there. Um, and and fingers crossed with everything I have, the next person through the door is a striker. Yeah, yeah. Although some of these targets um, are going elsewhere, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the funny thing is about the sort of targets kind of thing is the is like it gets leaked to the press. And I, I mean, I, I talk about football agents quite a lot, and I don't have a lot of love for them, to be honest with you, because I think there's a lot of money going to agents that's coming out of football. You know, there's, a, you know, there are whole football clubs in the football league currently on the verge of bankruptcy, and then you've got an agent currently working for Chelsea, for example, on their recent signings, who personally has pocketed over twenty five million pounds in two weeks. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. It's not. It's not right. Do you no. know what I mean? That's there's something when you got actual whole football clubs which serve the community, which you know are massive, and they're going out of business because of like a hundred grand, and then you've got football agents in the Premier League pocketing a million, 
plus per deal on average. And then you've got these super agents like you know creaming God knows how much from transfers. It, I don't know. It's it's not sat right with me for a long time, and just recently with like the Wolves situation with the super agents owning part of the club as well. It's just something really weird, you know. They just signed a fairly young, very unknown. I think he's like eighteen or nineteen, strike nineteen year old striker at Wolves from Portugal which makes him their ninth Portuguese signing, by the way, for near enough 40 million quid. That's insane, isn't it? It is insane. And it's kind of like something, you know, and they they sold us Doherty for a price, which really, when he had three years left on his contract, and don't get me wrong, I love the deal we've done, but there's all this stuff in the press about, oh, well, this is kind of a quid pro quo. Uh, Tottenham took on Jedson Fernandez, has the same agent as Doherty, um, you know, this is a quid pro quo kind of deal. Uh, I don't know. I don't like that kind of atmosphere in football. I don't like it. You know, it's this. I get this is how the world is, and I get this is how football is. But possibly because of the COVID crisis, it's just shined a light on a lot of this stuff that it's really murky. It's not nice. Yeah, and do you know what? I might just be completely showing my ignorance here. Uh, but yeah. part of me thinks, and I know we've had conversations in the past about agents but yeah like genuine like genuine question just your genuine thought could could everything run could players still go to other clubs could like you know could everything still happen without agents yeah. are they are they yeah. necessary well the, the short answer to that is no they're not necessary because look at Mauricio Pochettino Mauricio Pochettino does not have an agent um that's true when he left and joined, you know, Southampton, when he came to Tottenham, he does everything himself, negotiates himself, and the coaches who work with him, he negotiates for them as well. They don't have agents. He he negotiated directly with Daniel Levy for all the contracts, his renewals, everything. That was all done him. He does it himself. The reason why I think agents were important to the game when they first came in is you got to remember, you know, football had salary caps. You had guys playing football as a professional earning tuppence because clubs didn't want to pay them much, you know? Mm, mm. And then you had clubs earning decent money, you know, filling a stadium. You know, basically back in the day, filling a stadium with like 80,000 people all paying, you know, a quid each and giving the player a fiver. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, there you go, mate. Have a good, Have a good week. So... You know, when the PFA was formed and all this, you know, agents came into it. The idea was to to stop players being kind of like bullied in stuff and being manipulated into what they're doing because agents give you that degree of separation. Richard Pochettino would rather look someone in the eye and say, I want this. That's fine. And I'm sure there are some players who feel the same way and do it that way. But the vast majority don't want to sit down with a chairman and say, look... I've enjoyed my time here, but I think I want to leave. Yeah, well, you've got sure. to double my money. They'd much rather send in, you know, go on, mate, you, you go and do you it. Do I'll, it for I'll, me. I'll be nice to everyone, yeah. You be the bad guy, basically. <laughs> yeah, do you know, do you know um, you, you, you're right. I mean, because like, on, a, on, a, on a smaller scale, like obviously a lot, lot smaller scale, uh, the opposite yeah. of the spectrum, I'd even argue. Like, I, 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 at work, for example, there's a friend of mine who, who just, like, he gets some amazing deals on things. Like, he'll tell me how he got, like, three grand off this car. Like, he said, I just walk in, mm. I don't care. And, I'll, and I almost, I said to him, like, next time I bought, make a big purchase, can you do it for me? You know? And I guess that's yeah. the same thing, isn't it? Because I, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's a, like if it's a a, a, a genuine, a generally British thing where you go into a shop or, or a dealership or something, and whatever the price ticket says on that is what you want, what, yeah. what you pay. Where, whereas, yeah. whereas other cultures or people who've got better, bigger personalities or you know, kind of more confident. That, that, they're, yeah. they're looking at that as a starter. That's your starter for ten. That price, you know. <laughs> that's, so, that's where yeah, we argue from. Yeah, yeah. and that, and that's what my, my my friend at works like that. You know, that's the, that's your starter for ten. So, I guess yeah, <laughs> thinking of it on on that rule smaller scale, if I could say yeah. to him, look, if I give you fifty quid and you get a thousand yeah. pound off the car, we both we're both both in, aren't we? So yeah. I guess that's where it's coming exactly, from. The, yeah, the, and, I, and I, that, I get it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the the analogy is right. I mean, it's kind of like I'm earning twenty thousand a week at the moment. I, you know, my a lot of my colleagues are on more than that. I, I want, I want more. If I go and say that to my manager, everyone, I'm branded a bit of an ass. If my agent walks in and goes, "Hey, my client's been undervalued," you know, if any of them come up to me in the training ground, I go, oh, "Did he? Oh, whew, whew, wow. Well, well, am I undervalued? You know, it kind yeah. of it gives it that separation. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so there is there is a role, right? So there is definitely a role there that I think does need to be fulfilled in a way. But my issue is there doesn't appear to be any cap on how much agents can earn. There doesn't appear to be any great deal of legislation around what they can and cannot do and be involved in. I mean, I I remember reading an article about um, Chelsea with Roman Abramovich, and he set up this system where they were signing like these phenomenal young players. Basically, any player that came out of the Balklands got signed by Chelsea. Mm. None of them could get work permits. So what they did is they set up these clubs in like Holland and different countries where they'd send them on loan. They'd play there. As soon as they've got EU citizenship and were able to, you know, they'd develop in these academies, they'd become EU citizens, and all of a sudden their value would skyrocket. Yeah. And they just sold them. Hmm. So Chelsea, you know, Chelsea, I think uh, the article had something like 60 players that Chelsea bought had on their books for up to five years, but never once actually went to Stamford Bridge. Oh, Jesus. Never, never actually stepped foot in any Chelsea facility. Wow. Never went anywhere near it. Literally, they were signed from like these footballing academies across the Balkans, um, you know, all these different countries, Roman Abramovich, and you know, he set up this network. And that was something that UEFA really went after, you know, when they were doing these investigations. But... There's nothing against it in the rules. I mm. mean, I called it player farming because that's what it is. You're mm. buying cheap. You're, you know, you're sort of breeding your stock if you like. You know, you're cultivating them in the field for a few years, and then because they were getting EU citizenship, because obviously they were developing as players from this prospect and more, they were then being sold. And I'm talking about you know signing a kid for fifty thousand pounds, selling them for five million. Yeah, I mean to you be know, to be honest, I, I yeah, but I, I don't. You know, this thing, you know, like if you get the, the super rich and they'll they'll have like a different ways of avoiding paying tax and things like that. Yeah, you know, if they get yeah. the right lawyer, and and it, and that comes gives me the hump most of the time. You know, and so when yeah. when you see like um like companies <laughs> until that, until you win the lottery anyway. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, then I'll then I'll get one of those lawyers. Yeah, but like, yeah, and then they're my best mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, but but you see, but when you when you see that it, it does give you the hump, you know. But this yeah. this you telling me about that i don't know for me i mean that the player then becomes an eu citizen so then they're, they're free then to play within the eu all right fair yeah. enough chelsea make money out of it make money out of the deep but yeah. but they've they've then put into the football system 
a good player, yeah. haven't they? So I, I don't know. I don't potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was more directing the fact that agents are involved in that, earning millions. Yeah, sure. You know, you you got this young kid. The agent signs him up, and he's like, you know, I'm going to pay you this, and the kid's like, well, yeah. At the moment, I'm paying barefoot in a street. You know, yeah, sure. In this country. Yeah, I'll sign anything. You see a lot that happens in South America where third parties own players. Mm, mm. You know, that's kind of really frowned upon and even banned in a lot of European football leagues. But in South America, basically it's like organised crime. Oh, that kid's good at football. Right, I want to own him. Yeah, it was like the, that, the, the player that, that come to... <laughs> Yeah, so there's a guy that come to his name escapes me now. The West Ham one that uh, went on to Man United. Yeah, Messi. Ja- Javier Mascherano, Mascherano and, and um, uh, Tevez. Yeah, Tevez. That was a big one, wasn't it? Where they were both owned by third yeah. parties, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. West Ham got fined. They had also. I mean, West Ham really should have been relegated. Mm. You know, when they when that all came to light, they ended up going to court. I think it was Sheffield United who ended up going down that season. That's right. West Ham got forced to pay them compensation over it. That's how dodgy that was. Mm. You know, it it just yeah, it's not right. But um, anyway, I mean, we've kind of gone on a tangent for this to to, to kick us off, which isn't a bad thing. But um, <laughs> one of the things I wanted to cover was just a very quick thing. I'm I'm keeping tabs on the club's loan dealings at the moment. Three players are out on loan: uh, Skip, Parrot, and uh, Ioma from the academy. TJ, um, he's playing for Lincoln. He's already played, I think, three games for him. Competitive games, doing very well. Looks like he's going to be one of their starting centre-backs for the season, which is great news for him. Um, Skip played for the England under-21s the overnight, which was great. Uh, played with Sessignon, by the way, who's playing very well for the under-21s. Um, and uh, Parrot, unfortunately, played two games in pre-season, scored in both, picked up a small injury, so he missed the Ireland squad, but is expected to be playing for Millwall, uh, probably from the bench in, in like when the season kicks off proper. So be very interesting to see how he goes in the championship this season mm, yeah well i think um, we said last week didn't we with parrot maybe you know you put his injury in inverted commas maybe yeah i did yeah i was, <laughs> I was being very cynical <laughs> um he um i expect the club to do a lot of loan business in the domestic only window after the transfer window closes so just as a reminder i think it's october the 3rd I think it's the third, the transfer window closes, but then there's an additional like 10 days or something like that for domestic only business. I think looking at our fixtures in September, I imagine there's going to be a fair few players kept in the first team squad that will then go out on loan to like championship league one, league two. Sure. Um, so it might be worth keeping an eye on that. I, I know there was a story today about Brandon Austin, the goalkeeper. Uh, he went to Viborg um, on loan the back end of last season. Played about, he started about fourteen games, I think, and actually did really well. Um, and there's a number of clubs in like League One looking to sign him potentially. I mean, a whole season playing first team football as a goalkeeper, and that's thirty to forty games, perfect for him. Just what yeah. we need. Mm. So, uh, so hopefully that goes through. Uh, but mate, I mean, I we have a ton of fan fan questions. Um, I don't know if you've had a look at any of them or not. But are you ready to dive in? Yeah, let's just dive in, mate. Let's dive in. Now it's time for your comments. Okay, we're going to start at Instagram because uh, the lovely Laura. 
um, posted if there are anyone listening to the podcast would like to ask some questions, and she had some replies. Now the thing is on Instagram is people don't have their actual names; they've got like their screen names. You love uh, this. So song. we're starting with Mountain Dot Man. Mountain Man is he? Not, is he a big? Have you got a picture of him? On here? But not he's... not like Mountain Man as in M A N. He's like double A. He's like Mountain Man. Mountain Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mountain man. Um, he says, what are the chances of winning the Europa League? Personally, I think Jose will take it seriously and look to win it to make a statement that he has the winning mentality. Can, can I just say, can I just say so? You just said mountain yes. man. And you've said, that you, and I imagine him saying it. You probably said it in the opposite way. I could imagine him asking that question. Yeah. Like, I, I would imagine him going, so tell me about the Europa League. Do you think we're going to win it this season? <laughs> All right, hang on, hang on. I'll try again. I'll try again. All right. It's a question from Mountain Man. Or oh, you, geezer, what's the chances of winning Europa? Personally, I think Jose will take it serious, like, look to win it, make a statement. On the head, aren't we? <laughs> there you ah. go, yeah, that's more like yeah, it. Yeah, like yeah it. I, I think you could be right, yeah. Um, uh, and Mountain Man, if I've insulted you, I apologise. Um, unless you're a little mountain, then you can fuck off. Anyway, um, basically, I'd say Jose will desperately want to win it, and the mm-hmm. main reason being is every time he's entered it, he's won it. Okay. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, enter Doctor Tottenham, but <laughs> exactly, yeah. he, he's entered it twice in his career, won it twice. He's in it for a third time. There is no way in any any realm of possibility he's going to be thinking anything other than we got to win it. Mm. In fact, in Project Restart, he told the team, "If you get in it, we'll win it." Mm. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> made know, a promise he, now. He is, yeah, he is very <laughs> much on for that. See what um, you should have done was done. What, sorry, Sam. Sorry. What you should have done was what my daughter does to pinky promise. You should have pinky promised the team, and then it would have. He can't break wow. it then. <laughs> well, we've not seen the final episode yet. He might do. <laughs> That's it, it, there might be a there might be a pinky unicorn swear with Harry Kane. <laughs> um, Dan underscore Kelly sixty six says, "Is Undembele going to be any better in the new season?" Ooh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we've I've seen so- him. I was going to say, we see him, like, you know, I, I actually was starting to question whether he was still alive. So when we saw a picture yeah. recently online, I'm like, yeah. oh, he's still alive. He, um, <laughs> he, he played 45 minutes against Watford, and that was the first football, competitive football he'd had. I say competitive, it was a drab game. Um, mm. it, it last football, he's kicked in any type of anger in something like four, five, six months, I think they said. So, yeah, he was not good, really, but then... Nobody would expect him to be. Mm. Um, the the whole reason he was picked was to get forty five minutes in the legs. Um, I don't think we'll see him start at the weekend. I think he might be on the bench. I wouldn't be surprised to see him not involved at all, purely because of fitness. But mm. I, I I don't know. There, there's a player there, but I've said that about so many people through the years, and then been left feeling gutted that they don't develop. So. There's part of me that thinks if someone offers decent money, let him go. But then there's this other part of me that's like, I don't know, you could just find a way of, you know, getting him motivated. And maybe Hoybier being there and being like, right, you go. You know, I'm here. I'm here. You know, this is fine. You go. Um, That could be it. That could be the thing that, you know, turns it. And all of a sudden we got a world-class midfielder on our hands. Absolutely. So, yeah, I I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Um... 
The next one's from Mason underscore IG. Says, do you reckon we're actually going to sign a striker? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I do. I have total confidence we're going to sign a striker. Yeah, ninety-eight percent. Like we'll, yeah, I think we will. Ninety-six, <laughs> ninety. Maybe in the um, high eighties. <laughs> yeah, d- d- yeah, yeah. It's definitely in the seventy percent range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it's above yeah. half, then yeah, I think that's where I we mean, are. 50, 50, 50, 50. <laughs> um, Essex nineteen eighty-two says, "When are season ticket holders back in the stadium? Others have set dates for trials, but still nothing from the club." Uh, I, oh, I actually read something on this a few minutes ago. So the club actually tried for this game for Everton, and they got told, "Hell no." <laughs> um, I, I mean, you just got to flick the news on, man. Um, you know, the six rule's been brought in. I don't think that's going to be all right for a stadium. Mm. Um, so at the moment, they've still got plans for October, and they're all talking about how they can possibly do it and make it safe and responsible for everyone. But at the moment, nothing. And by the way, every club who has said, like, we're going to do this, have all had to backtrack. Yeah. I'd much rather a club stayed shut up and we're working on it than keep issuing, we're going to do this. Oh, no, we're not. Yeah, We're going to do this. Actually, no, we can't. So, yeah. No, uh, when, when something is definitely announced, keep an eye on the Spurs News Facebook page. We'll put it on there. I got, I got an email. You know. I got an email, Sam, yesterday because we, we're going to uh, Legoland in December, uh, Vicky and myself Ooh, and the two nice. kids, and uh, we can't see Santa in his grotto. So I had, to, I had to break it to him. Yes, I had to break it to him this morning. But it was it was a good news and bad news because the bad news is yeah. we can't see Santa, but the good news is he's going to go past in the sleigh. So, but yeah, if if we can't go and see Santa in his grotto, then I can't imagine that yeah. you're going to get. <laughs> No, the stadium, no, yeah. I, I can't. I can't see that happening. No, no. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, we'll, yeah, we'll, I mean, they need to see Santa this year. Dude. We'll, we'll talk about that off air. We'll talk about that. That needs okay. to happen. We need to find a way. Okay. Yeah, a socially distant Santa. She went. She went ho, to me. Ho, ho. She said to me later that she went. Oh, I'm not too bothered because it's not the real one. I said, like, how do you know it's not the real one? She, I just know it's not. Oh, God, she's five. Yeah, yeah. She's worked out already. Yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. God, God's sake, Dad, keep up. Come on, man. My um, my daughter's like twelve, and I'm not letting it go. By the way. Oh, really? Um, there, there's not there's not one part of me that's going to turn around and admit to her that there isn't, and and she knows, but she's like, I I think she's in this weird place where she's like. I think my dad's perhaps a little bit touched in the head because he thinks, you know, Father Christmas <laughs> is bringing my gifts this year. But I'm not I'm not going to get into it with him because I'm, I'm genuinely worried. Yeah, I'm genuinely concerned that, you know, he's not... He, he ain't sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so on our Facebook page, we have a plethora of comments. So we're going to try our best to get through them all now. Uh, we open up with Mark Corder. Uh, Mark says, you have to say the top four from last season are either good enough or getting better to finish there again. Arsenal probably compete with us for fifth. We had our chance and we didn't take it. Unlikely to see it come around again for some time. Um, well, I disagree. Uh, I disagree bless- Blessed positivity from Mark. Um, <laughs> you you disagree, good sir. I do. Show, you, show your workings. Show you your look, workings. Well, you look at you look at Man United that uh, made a top four. They 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 just oh, they had a good run at the, towards the end, but they weren't no. consistent the whole way through. There, there was probably about three clubs, and I'd probably include Chelsea in it as well. Like us, Man United, and Chelsea that could have made uh, the Champions League. And I know we missed out in the end. I know Leicester obviously missed out as well. But yeah. I, I don't. 
I don't see them. I mean, Chelsea, okay, maybe Chelsea have really strengthened, but uh, no, I, I, I still. It's it's one of those things. I think with, with like we we we've got a very good squad. There's no getting away from that. We've got a very good squad. Like like other teams have got good squads up there, and I don't think there's much that sets them apart. I mean, you me and you had the conversation a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, didn't we? About where you look at Chelsea and we look at the amazing signings they made, but they're fixing problems where they had weaker yeah. positions than we did before, you know? So just like they're fixing problems, we're fixing problems, you know? So yeah. I, I I think we've got a great chance. But don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say we are going to finish in the top four, but I'm not ruling it out. I'm definitely not ruling it out. No, no, exactly. I wouldn't rule it out either. I mean, right. the first season we did it, no one looked at our squad and went, yeah, that's top four. Yeah. But, you know, look, no one compared us. The season Leicester won the league, no one looked at Leicester's team and went... Wow, that's yeah. that's a championship run going yeah. right there. Yeah. In fact, they were tipped for relegation. It's mental, isn't it? So yeah. once the ball's been kicked and we see how these teams are playing and developing, only then, you know, you got to look at Chelsea and say they have signed some phenomenal talent that has not played in England. Mm. I think a lot of them will do very well. That's my personal opinion. But they've got to come in, settle, get adjusted, get up to the pace of the league... Frank Lampard has done very well in his first full season. It ain't easy to keep to do that because a lot of clubs will have looked at the way Chelsea played and gone, "Okay, we've worked that out now." Yeah, yep, adjust. <laughs> you know, yep. and, and that's that's what happens. You know, that's what happens. You know, look at Man City. Man City last season struggled a lot because a lot of teams just basically camped on their box. Mm. It was like, we know you're going to play it out from the back. That's all you ever do, and because we know that, we're here. The reason why Liverpool, you know, Liverpool varied it. Liverpool would go short, go long, go to the middle. They constantly varied the way they played. It made it bloody difficult to set up against them. Man City, no problem. (laughs) You know, two banks of four, two people up high pressing the defenders and just wait for the mistakes. And last season they made up, you know, a crap load of them. But they'll adjust. You know, this season Pep Guardiola's got the experience, etc., and he's spent the money that will enable him to adjust and move forward again. Frank Lampard doesn't have that record yet. And don't get me wrong, he could well prove this season that he can do it. Arteta, Arsenal, again, uh, you know, winning a cup's fantastic. They won the FA Cup, you know, that's great for him. But the reality is, like Pochettino used to say, there's so much luck involved in winning a cup competition that really for a manager to be proclaimed as very good you know to be proclaimed as one of the better managers winning the league that's the thing you know Arsene Wenger Alex Ferguson Jose Mourinho managers like that who consistently turn teams into successful teams and squads are still there and at the moment there's a lot of unproven managers you know Wolves had a phenomenal season Leicester had a phenomenal season Sheffield United had a phenomenal season can it be repeated? Until a ball's been kicked, we don't know. Mm. You know, and probably five games in, I'll probably give you a better steer. So, yeah, I agree. You can't write anything off. Not now, not at the moment. I mean, you can look at it and go, oh, I don't think so because I don't think we're as strong. That's fine, but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. Mm. There you go. I agree. Oh, mate, this one's dead serious. Come on. Adam Fuller Mm. asks... What's your top three chocolate bars and what's your teeth brushing routine? <laughs> uh, do you want to go? Do you want to go first? Uh, we'll do chocolate bars first. Uh, can, give us your top three. But can I just say about chocolate bars as well? Right? Have you yeah. ever, have you had the opportunity to have one of these orange twirls yet? 
Because, no, I didn't know that existed. Right, because, I need that in my life. Yeah, because they're, they're, like my local co-op, right? Someone puts on a Facebook page every time they stock them, and literally, you go yeah. to the co-op ten minutes later, and they're, they're, the shelves have been emptied. And I, and I, like, I keep hearing about these orange twirls, and I'm desperate to try one. So, if oh, anyone's listening, no, co- that, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it does sound really good. So that that would be in my top three if I ever get to try it, because that just sounds like a brilliant combination. But for me, top yep. number one has to be double decker. I know it can be a bit of double a double decker. Uh, I love a double decker. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. my favourite because you just get, you know, you take a bite. It's so much in it there's so much to explore you know the top level the bottom level <laughs> it's just a perfect chocolate oh, bar you know and all, then all, all this all the stuff we've talked about on this podcast dally ali you're a git man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Num- number two would have to be a crunchy i think i love a crunchy. Oh, thank god yeah yeah and number three i probably i probably go towards a snicker i think i like a snicker Oh, interesting, yeah. interesting. For, for me, uh, a Kit Kat's in there, but the four-finger variety, not a chunky. Okay. Um, a Cadbury's Tiffin bar. They sell them in Ireland. They don't okay. really have them in the UK. Um, and a Terry's Chocolate Orange, which, by the way, the orange twirl sounds phenomenal. So, I can't believe you've never seen yeah, these before. Um, <laughs> I've never even knew that existed, probably because every shop has been yeah, there you sold go. out of the bloody you, You've got to keep on top of it. And do you know what? This, this quickly reminded me. I just want to quickly tell you this. When um, yeah. like Layla, her, her top chocolate bar, she's completely like... Being a girl, she's completely nuts about chocolate, you know? So you yeah. know, just if you get her bar of chocolate, she's just in heaven, like, you know... But uh, <laughs> she likes Kit Kats and she likes the four finger variety. Yeah, and, and that's the only girl. one she's that's the only one she's ever eaten, right? And we were we were on a bit of a road trip the other week and I saw they were I went to the Gary's to put some petrol in and I saw they did Kit Kat chunky. She's never seen a Kit Kat chunky before. Oh so my I, word. I bought her one. Well, yeah, I bought one and I was like I said, No how much you like Kit Kats. Look at this. This is a massive and it, and honestly, you've never seen a child's mind blown. <laughs> it's like, oh my <laughs> god, it. this is the, the the dream. This is me get this is me yeah. getting like a, a gold a bullion sized double decker and finding that one exists. Yeah. That was her with a Kit Kat chunky. <laughs> Yeah, bless her. I, I, I'm just hoping she didn't finish it and go, where's the other three fingers? That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Where's the rest of my bar? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I had two frustrating routine. The, the thing this is from, in case anyone's wondering where it's from, is Deli Alley on All or Nothing, getting physio, comes up with these random topics that have been caught by the documentary. Top three chocolate bars. You ain't a fan of bounces, by the way. No. He was quite savage about that. Yeah. Uh, but the debate was whether you put... So water... Then toothpaste and a bit of water again. That's what I do. Oh, I do toothpaste what, what water. What about yourself? Just toothpaste water. Toothpaste, toothpaste and then water. And water. Yeah. So you don't wet you don't wet the brush first. No. No. Okay. All right. <laughs> and, yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, that makes you a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, yeah. No, that's um. Yeah. So there you go. We got two two different ones there. Everybody at home, think about your toothbrushing routine and how it affects your life. Um, did you hear just yeah, quickly that the psychopath? Did you hear the yawn thing about psychopath? If you no. if you if you yawn, and yeah. uh, sorry, if you if you see someone yawn and you don't yawn yeah. back, you're a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if anyone does that, is that is that a thing out there? Because I I genuinely everybody yawns and I don't, and everyone thinks I'm weird. Yeah. Well, they because you that just proves you lack empathy. Because, because I'm a and psychopath. I, I, I thought I thought you were such a lovely empathetic guy, but now I'm realising, yeah. like, you know. Yeah, maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm glad a we're doing this through absolute the, psycho. I'm glad we're doing this through yeah. the medium of uh, Skype, you know, and I've got a fair distance. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know, there's a lot of these things at the moment. I mean, I know you're on it, TikTok and stuff. My daughter's on it, so I've spent some time looking at it as well. And I, I've recently realised just how old I am thanks to this app. Yeah. Because I see a lot of references and jokes on there, and I'm like, I don't know what that is, and I've had to Google it. Mm. And someone said something to me the other day about catching feelings. Okay. And I was like, oh right, okay, what's that? And it, and you know, silence. I was like, oh, go to Google. Oh, that means you. That means you like somebody. Catching what feelings. The hell? Ah. Catching feelings. I don't you know. know. I, I kind of get it now. But <laughs> yeah. it, it, at the time, I was like, "What kind of backwards ass English are you talking to me?" <laughs> well, do you know? Do you know what? If you're if you're really good at something, like again, this is yeah. showing my age. You're sick at something, yeah. and also if you're. Oh re- yeah, I don't but, get that. But, and also another word now for if you're really good at something, it means just you, you, they say you're they're sweaty. So basically, someone can be sick and what? sweaty, and that means they're really and that's good. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's a really good thing. Apparently, so shit. I'd be th- I'd be thinking they had COVID. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Anyway, anyway, back to anyway, this. Mark Ivy. <laughs> Mark Ivy says the sad harsh reality. Oh, I hate it when they start with that. Mm. Okay, Mark Ivy says the sad harsh reality is that unless we spend, we will simply never compete to win major honors. This is our perennial problem, and it won't be changing soon. Um, we're certainly under Enoch and Daniel Levy. Never going to be what Chelsea are, and etc. But I would say um, we could be like Liverpool. It's yeah, you know I mean, spending like money cleverly, yeah. not on not yeah. on not on cleverly, not Thomas. I mean, just <laughs> in a good way. Um, yeah, I, I I do get the point in what he's saying, and I, I think it's very difficult when you're in a transfer window. You can see like we desperately need a striker, and then you look over the road and. You got them like marching in. Oh look, here's a world class striker to add to our three good strikers we already had. Oh look, here's a world class midfielder to add to the five we already had. Mm. And we're kind of like, yeah. So what? We got Joe Hart. Go f- yourself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I do get that. There, yeah, a bit of the old green eyed monster comes out. I think what makes me feel better, and possibly I can speak for you as well on this, is me and you have both accepted who owns the club and how the club is run. Yeah. And because we've accepted that, when we go into transfer windows and things, we're kind of like, oh, okay, well, that's a good signing because that strengthens us. Rather than thinking, oh, we didn't spend £50 million on somebody. It must be crap. Yeah. It... We're actually looking at it from a more pragmatic point of view. Absolutely. Do you know what? A good example of that is, um, I think I spoke to this about my dad on the podcast how my dad will like he'll go to, I'll go to a game with him and he'll complain about the prices of the of the uh you know the pies or the drink in the football yeah. stadium and you just it, you have to you know you accept that's what it costs you know if you don't if you don't want to spend it then don't get it but you can't expect yeah. you can't go into a football stadium and think right let's let's go and find a pie for two quid and a, and a pint for for two quid you just no, it's not going to happen no. so you you have to manage your no. expectations which is what it's like with, with with spurs you know we're never going to be yeah. chelsea we're never going to spend three four hundred no. million in a in a, a window we just, it's never going to happen so Nope. When you when you can accept that and understand that's never going to happen, then you won't get upset when it doesn't happen. You know exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a big difference, and it, it should affect how you act as a fan because, of course, if Enix sold us and we had new owners, and those new owners were like, okay, we're going to put five hundred million per window for the next five windows, and we still hadn't signed a striker, mm. I think 
riots on the street yeah. are justified. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, but knowing knowing that Daniel Levy's got the budget set by Joe Lewis, who's probably sat on one of his own private islands, you know, with big signs saying "Covid, go away." Um, yeah, it ain't, ain't gonna happen. No. Um, Marty Ost asks. Can you think of any other coach slash manager that has successfully used the unusual 3.5 at the back with a rampaging fullback and a holding fullback, like what we're doing, basically, you know, shuffling across to make a three? He points out himself that Jose did it with Ashley Cole at Chelsea. Um, I I actually do know of one. It was in the 90s. It was um, AC Milan, and I cannot think of who the manager was. And it's going to drive me insane. So at some point, Marty, you're going to get a message from me. <laughs> it's going to tell you who it was. Because that is going to drive me nuts. But yeah, actually, um, Paolo Maldini um, would shuffle across. And a guy called Christian Panucci as right back basically played as a right wing. And it was kind of revolutionary at the time. I mean, this is like 94, 95 um, I can still name that AC Milan team, by the way. I loved it. I was obsessed <laughs> with Italian football in the 90s. I think because Tottenham were kind of crap. Yeah. I, I became kind of obsessed with it. And Gaza went to Italy, which, you know, it used to be on Channel 4, so it was free to watch. Um, used to have that goal, that show. Yeah, anyway. But, yeah, I was obsessed. But they did it. And I, I'm guessing others have as well, but that's the one that sticks in my mind. And they won everything mm. for good three to four seasons it is something that can work very well providing you have the right players to make it work um the only key issue is i would say is that it, nowadays teams will go in to, to face us for example and will look at us and go we know their right back's going to play as a right wing so double up on him and we know their left back's never going to come forward so our right back you push forward you know so it can become a little bit predictable. I think what Jose needs to do this season is add some variety in what we're doing to knock teams off. And in Project Restart, he did that. You know, we switched to four four two a couple of times um, in games and really, you know, dominated the ball quite a lot. So he he's so you know he's one of the most successful coaches tacticians there's ever been. So I, I generally uh, I do believe in him in that sense that he can get the best out of this team and tactically set up for each individual opponent almost, not just, this is my tactic, let's go for it. Mm, mm, I agree. And, and and also, I know you mentioned it earlier in the podcast about how Ben Davis can play at centre-back, that it, it would work then, wouldn't it? You know, if you get Doherty sort of yeah. going up then and then sort of uh, Davis moving in, then you've yeah. got the three at the back then, haven't you? So you've got the players that you can do, do it. That's, I think that's why Jose likes Ben Davis so mm. much. And I mean, a lot of our fans don't seem to, which I don't get, but... You know, he really rates him, and, and I, I've always liked Ben. Um, I've liked him even more since I've seen him behind the scenes on the Tottenham documentary because he just seems like such a just a normal bloke. Just a night, yeah. It's, you um, know, sometimes he's like yeah. a fan sitting there when he talks about other players, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and he was. He sat watching Sky Sports News chatting about it, like, oh, I've done that. I think yeah, I've had yeah. that very conversation. Yeah. Um, our next one's from Alpesh K. Patel. The, oh, it's got to have squad in Richmond mentioned, doesn't it? Come on, Alpesh, don't let me down. I'm loving Prime All or Nothing episodes, but it just shows that season where we spent nothing, and when Ericsson was going to leave, we definitely should have signed Bruno Fernandes, who ended up at United. Yeah, yeah. it does, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, Alpesh, I'm not going to dwell on that. You're right. Let's just move on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, Linton Ford, Linton, nice to hear from you. Do you know Linton was the first guy to win a shirt off us when we did the shirt giveaway? Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember Linton. I hope you're still wearing it, Lin. Um, do, do you want this season's, mate? Yeah, it's about 70 quid. Um, <laughs> he says, how are you feeling about the start of the season? Myself, without signing a striker, I'm nervous. All the games come in, how will we cope? Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about the sheer amount of games. I'm, I'm interested how we're going to manage it. The one thing I haven't mentioned is we do have an academy striker called Kaziah Sterling who could well be used in the Europa League, could well be used in the League Cup. Um, that's not the scenario I want, by the way. I'm just saying there is that lad there who's not gone out on loan. We've not sold him. He is around. So I can only imagine they're keeping him around because they're thinking they're going to need to rotate. See, the, the pla- the, they, could, they, could, they couldn't have been the plan from the start because otherwise they wouldn't have let Parra go out on loan, would they? No, I, I think they went into the window, obviously, with, with these are the positions we need to fill. Um, Parrot, you know, Jose said last season, and I think Parrot's taken it on board based on the interviews I've seen with him at Millwall, which is he wasn't ready for Premier League first-team football. Um, playing a season in the Championship has proven now, time and time again, you can then step up. Mm. You, know, you play a season in the Championship and you hold your own, you're going to be able to hold your own in the Premier League. Harry Kane, good genuinely example. believe that. Yeah, Kane's a great example from the mm-hmm. past. Recent examples in the Chelsea team for last season, Mason Mount, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, from Tottenham's point of view, you know, there's a plethora of examples throughout the league system and loans. Um, you know, rightly, wrongly, Pochettino's policy I think's failed a number of players in our academy. Jose and and the people and the new systems they've put in place now. I understand there is someone who is literally focused on loans. They're going to be doing reports on every game the loan players play in. You know, there's going to be a real focus on it again to become part of the pathway. Not just, not sure I rate you, bugger off. Yeah. It's going to be a case of you come through the academy, you impress in the under-18s, you impress in the under-23s, you now go on loan to learn what being a professional is all about. And if you impress there... You're going to get your shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know. Of course, there's going to be one or two talents that skip steps because there are generational talents that come along. You know, no one looked at Wayne Rooney when he made his first team debut and went, "Yeah, that kid needs a loan." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. Everyone looked at him and went, "Play him every week, mm. every minute." Well, so I mean, Especially a good example for us is someone young, Deli Ali. I mean, Deli Ali came over, didn't he? And I yeah. know, like, obviously, we st- he didn't come through the youth uh, system with us, but no, he no. was just someone, even at eighteen, was just ready to play Premier League football, wasn't uh, he? Yeah, and um, and we all basically from signing him assumed he might make the bench a bit, you know, be around. None of us expected the impact he had mm. from like day one. So, mm. yeah, no, good old Deli. That was when he had Ali on his shirt. I think it will change back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pete Thompson says, just for a laugh, how about you discuss the possibility of us re-signing Bale for our use? (laughs) (laughs) How about you discuss us re-signing Bale from Madrid? I know you love that topic. Also, now we have a holding midfielder and a new right back. Do you think we will go and spend some money on a backup striker? Uh, I mean, we've covered that a lot. Yeah, we do think that, Pete. Um, With regards to Bale, hashtag bring Bale home. Um. Oh God, I've got to actually do this. This is going to hurt me so much, <laughs> Matt. You have no idea, but uh, there is a genuine story 
from a genuine news from a journalist that is someone who genuinely knows what they're talking about that Real Madrid are now willing to subsidise Gareth Bale's wages to get him out of the club. Mm. My understanding from a lot of people who, again, who I trust in when they say, like, if they're a journalist part of the press pool at Tottenham, is that Tottenham have always maintained they'd love to bring him back, but they could never afford to match his wages. The player knows that, the player's agent knows that. The player on international duty made it abundantly clear he'd like to return to the Premier League. In an interview previous to that, he talked about still being a Tottenham fan and looking for Tottenham results before all others. And, I can't believe I'm adding to this credence and hysteria, but and if the the report from Marca and a few of the which are basically the kind of publicity arm of Real Madrid is correct and that Real Madrid are basically telling clubs they'll cover 50% odds are they'll probably go higher than that um Daniel Levy would definitely be interested in trying to do that deal as a fan seeing Gareth Bale come back I think it'd give the club just a massive massive boost in terms of every player in that dressing room will go, wow, you know, will be pleased. No one's going to have to Google who he is. Um, you know, it's going to have an impact. Jose would love to have a player like that at his disposal because he's always loved having players like that at his disposal. Um, from a business point of view, for Daniel Levy, it costs a lot. But the potential marketing and everything that comes along with a signing like that It'd pay for itself. Oh, absolutely. Especially yeah. if, especially if Madrid are gonna, you know, are gonna offset it. So, th- yeah, there is actually a genuine possibility. Uh, it makes it worse, though. Every other window, I've been able to look at it and go, it never happened. It never happened. The finances are too mental. This window, there is genuinely a chance. It's the it's the hope that kills you, though, isn't it? That's what we say. Oh, it just. You know, because like again, I've looked at it in the past and I've gone, he ain't the same player. I've got a horrible feeling that fans have got this Gareth Bale in his prime for us in their heads. And when he comes back, he ain't that anymore. No. And I think, you know, people would be like, oh, why aren't you burning Mike on? For, you know, why aren't mm. you burning fullbacks and stuff? He's still an incredibly talented footballer who, by the way, would terrify defences, who would then have the impossible choice of do we close down Sonny? Do we close down Bale? Do we keep on Kane? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what the hell are we gonna do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it would mean that we fix up defenses without even kicking a ball mm. because you just put those names on a team sheet, like like with Liverpool at the moment. Salah, Firmino, Mane. Every defense in the country has gone. Oh, for, for, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't one of them have a week off? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, you know, look at the documentary with Tanganga making his debut. You know, he was so up for it and stuff, but he he knew what was coming. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so um, yeah, there is a chance. Pete Thompson, I'm not going to forget this, Pete. Uh, ben Teary asks, "Can we spare a moment for Jose Mourinho's Yorkshire Terrier?" Yes, we can, Ben. <laughs> it was a while ago. It was a while ago, though. To be fair, yeah, it was. It was. It was Christmas Eve, poor guy. <laughs> Yeah, I just want you all to know I'm fucked. And I'm like, what? Is he drunk? Yeah, you know, like to me, he's gone in there like, hey guys, I am bungalow. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you know, 
but no, the poor guy lost his dog, and oh. you could see how much that genuinely meant to him. So yeah. I was, yeah, that was quite heartfelt. Um, Liam Hickey says the Danny Rose Mourinho discussion on Amazon. Liam, we're going to get to that in a minute. Uh, Michael Rankin says, can we expect new owners in the not too distant future? Uh, Michael, there's a very good reason why people are right to ask that question at the moment. It's because of the restructure at the club and the fact that Guy's been brought in who, in his time in football, has specialised in overseeing takeovers. What I will add, though, is that the guy left Swansea because he wanted to get back to his family in London. He was the chairman at Swansea. He was missing his family, and he's basically taken a position in London to be back with his family. I don't think we've gone and recruited him for the reasons a lot of people are saying we have. I think it's a convenient marriage of us wanting to change our structure and him being available because he wanted to come back to London. Yeah, you, you wonder if there's a friendship there between him and Levy, and he's kind of like, you know, at dinner one, maybe yeah. one evening he said, look, is there anything you can do to see if you can get me back to London, maybe? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I genuinely think it's a case of uh, circumstances, not a, a grand plan. I know that disappoints a lot of people, but I, that's just my thoughts. Um, someone whose name I can't pronounce, uh, Jigme, J I G M E. Jigme, Jigme. Yeah, can we can we expect the trophy next season? God, yes, of yes. course, all of them. Uh, Ineido says the issue of the backup striker for Harry without that we won't be able to compete in the league you're absolutely right we've covered it at great length though so I won't say more but yeah you are right Simon Whiteman says now that Callum Wilson's joined Newcastle which striker would you like Spurs to go for also what other position do you feel we need strengthened is there any kind of um, any kind of striker in particular that you see on the market at the moment you'd pick out is I want that guy well I know you want Sam I know you're desperate to want uh, desperate to come to the club it's the uh, the guy from now the championship who wears a yellow <laughs> oh you jackass what, did, is Dan paying you to torment me with this crap look I don't want Troy Deeney at all no not even a little bit and I not swear to god bit. if come Christmas I get a Troy Deeney shirt through the post Dan you're going to be wearing it for your asshole. <laughs> Um, no, I am not interested in Chordini signing for Tottenham at all. I, I'd rather Diego Costa. <laughs> um, I was kind of hoping we'd get that guy from Brentford, but he's now gone, hasn't he? Uh, to uh, yeah, Ollie, Ollie Watkins Ollie was Watkins, a guy yeah, that that's we it. looked at. Mm. Yeah, we we definitely looked at him, but the club has this kind of policy, which is if you want to join us and we want to buy you, let's do the deal. When agents go, yeah, other teams are interested. Daniel Levy goes, all right, bye. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not going to get into a bidding war. And what happened there was there was a bidding war, and he ended up going for nearly 30 million plus add-ons. Mm. Um, you know, Callum Wilson, same thing. We weren't going to get involved in a bidding war, and he's ended up going at like 20 million when originally he was on the market at 10 million. Yeah. So you know, we're just not going to get involved in that. And because we're not going to get involved in it, yeah, you could look at it and go, oh, well, we've possibly missed out. But then Newcastle played 20 million for a 29-year-old who's had serious injuries every season for the last six seasons. 
Yeah, um, no, you're right. Yeah, and, and uh, to, uh, to be honest, I know again. I mentioned it earlier, and and, I, and his name escapes me again. And I'm just going to call him the Polish guy again. I know you know his name. Yeah, but Milic. Milic, Milic. Milic. Yeah, I will remember that. Uh, but he he looks decent. I mean, obviously, I don't I don't follow. Is it Italian in Italy? He plays at the moment, isn't it? He does. Yeah, yeah. he does. I think he's at Napoli. Napoli, and I, I haven't followed it. And I mean, I, I'm not going to say that. I've just gone. But he, he look. But but looking at him physically, and and you know, seeing. And he got he's, he scored a fair I think like fourteen odd goals last season, so he seems a fairly decent big attacking striker. So if we can get get a deal for him, I think that would be a, a good striker. I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think so. I think I think that would be the the main target now. At least that appears to be. Mm. Um, so we're going to wrap the fan questions there. Um, there is one other thing before we move on to the documentary, and I appreciate we're running a little bit late, so we will be quick. Is Dan Dan the Git Troydini man is asking us a question for this podcast because he wants us to go on record. You ready? Go on. <clears throat> Dan wants to know where we're going to finish in the league this season. Oh, Dan, that's just mean, isn't it? That is mean. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And he's going to hold us to it. And what has, has he given us his prediction? Of course not, the yellow little it's git. Cowardice. He's just putting us on the spot. He's as yellow as Troy Dean's shirt, isn't he? <laughs> oh, I'm not escaping this anytime soon, am I? Um, I'm going to say this season in the Premier League of English football, Tottenham Hotspur will finish third. Right, I'm going to go fourth. Are you on working record. on the theory that You've now got fourth all the way through the table, and you can claim you were closer. Uh, no, it's just that I'm hoping because I've I'm still gone I've still gone Champions League spots, haven't I? Yeah, you have. So yeah, I yeah. think champion will qualify this season for the Champions League. Okay, all right, cool, all right. Um, Dan wants to know if you think we're going to win the FA Cup. No, I'd love to think we are. I, I think our best chance is probably the Europa League. I think. I think we're going to win the FA Cup. Okay. Do you think we're going to win the League Cup? There's more chance of us winning the League Cup, so I'd suggest yes. More chance of us winning the League Cup than the I'm, FA Cup, I think. Due to the fixture congestion for rounds three and four, I'm going to say hell no. Okay. I, I you know, one week coming up, we're playing uh, Sunday, Tuesday, no, sorry, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, then Sunday it's again. It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. Monday, Monday and Tuesday, playing games, two games, two days. <sighs> uh, Tuesday being the League Cup, so I, I don't think so. Uh, Europa League, I'm going to say yes, because Jose will want it desperately. So, yeah, I'm saying two trophies in third. Wow, okay. I'm optimistic. Yeah, let's, let's have that optimism, though. It's good It's good to be optimistic. Yeah. In, in, a, in a few months' time, I'm going to be getting even more Troy Deeney crap than I am <laughs> for that, I can tell. But um, So, this is the point in the podcast. We are going to discuss all or nothing. We're going to discuss episodes four, five, and six together. Um, we, I've written down some bullet points that I just wanted to cover and sort of go over. I appreciate there's going to be some stuff that we're not talking about, but you know it's all there for people to watch and form their own opinions. Um, but yeah, I know some people are actually not watching it and basically they're waiting to binge watch it. So if that's you, then thanks for joining us. Tune out now. If you have watched them or you don't care and you're just going to listen to us anyway, then stay with us. So episodes 4, 5 and 6 are dropped on Amazon. Uh, Daniel Levy on transfers is my first bullet point. Okay. Across the three episodes, 
anything stand out? Because I've I've got something written down here, but he says two things in amongst these episodes that like made me look up and kind of like, really? Go on. Um, but uh, so first thing he says is about how he reads all of the emails from fans. You're going to regret that, Daniel. <laughs> Something tells me your email's about to get a lot hotter. Um, and he he thinks that fans don't realise how difficult transfers are. Yeah, yeah. The, the issue he's got there, or genuinely now, I think transfers are a royal pain. But the issue he has is that every fan had that same reaction is... If they're that bloody difficult, why does everyone else who considers themselves a big club manage to do it and we don't? Yeah. <laughs> Have you started looking in yeah. the mirror, Daniel? <laughs> yeah. There, there is perhaps a reason why when Man United ring Chelsea and discuss a transfer, the two clubs go, mm, not ideal, but okay, let's talk because the player wants to make the move. When you ring one of them, they go, F off your bold because we ain't dealing with you again. Yeah. So maybe, just maybe, there's a reason why transfers for Tottenham Hotspur are so hard. Is, and, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, it's funny with Levy, because I think I might have discussed this on, on, on the last uh, podcast about the, the first three episodes, but you, you form an opinion or you form a um, like a, 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 an image and a kind of like a, how you think this person is, don't you, by what you hear. And, yeah. So we've actually... You know, I probably saw him speak about once or twice, I think, before yeah. the, the program. But it, watching it, it, it he's, he's almost like a—I wouldn't say he's a—he's David Brent. I mean, he he's obviously runs the company. Really, <laughs> he obviously runs the company yeah, really well. But it's got a bit of an office kind of feel about it. Like you know, he's, he's around yeah. a lot, and I always just imagined him sitting in this high tower, you know, and it's like, oh no, it's yeah. almost like um, uh, Star, uh, Star Star Wars, you know, like, with the, 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 yeah. I can't think of his name, you know, the guy that sits in the, that chair. The, the Emperor's sat yeah, in his yeah, chair, yeah. everyone has like, to come to everyone's him. Everyone's shaking, yeah. like, you know, knock on Daniel's, but he's kind of like, he, yeah. he, he hangs just sat in the canteen. Yeah, he just yeah. sits and there's like, and then, like, you know, I can't remember which episode it was, maybe five or six, and uh, one of the players, uh, might have been Sonny, I think, comes up to him and sort of is, is, fire. Is and... it the one? Oh, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, go on. But, but he's just like, it's, he's almost like one of the lads. It's, it's really not how yeah. I imagined him, you know? And, and this, you, so, when you hear. You... Go on. No, I was going to say the bit where Sonny's teasing poor Tanganga. So Tanganga sat there, Daniel Levy sat on a table opposite, That's and right. he's going, You signed your new deal yet? That's right. uh, no, no. And he goes, What? You've not had your new deal yet for being in the team? He sat there, go talk to him. And he's saying it in a loud voice. Quality, and Jeff's like staring Shut at his up. table, like, I am not looking up. Shut the fuck up. Do not do this to me. He's so Sonny's true. just like, Oh, go on, he's right there. Go yeah. and have a word. He's yeah. like, Shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, man. yeah. But but maybe that Tanganga sees Levy still as we see, like, as we kind of imagine, or I imagined him. But he just yeah, he doesn't yeah. seem like like he just seems kind of as, as I, much as he seems say, say normal. I will say this show has probably been very no, carefully yeah, edited. Yeah, of course. No, I do appreciate that. <laughs> for for appreciate example, that. there's a moment where Danny Rose demands to go and see Daniel Levy. Yeah. I I, I imagine you know we never got to see the actual confrontation between the two. No. Yeah. Um, I I don't think it would have been. Hey, buddy! <laughs> Put his feet on the table like oh, David Brent. <laughs> oh no! Really? You're having a tough day. You come yeah. in and sit down. You tell me all about it, Danny. Yeah, no, oh. I, get it. I do get it. No, though, yeah. I think it might have been. 
who the f- do you think you are demanding to come and see me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? I did appreciate so, um, that. But yeah, so uh, Daniel Levy on transfers was interesting. Um, obviously, the show carries um, shows the Kane injury. Uh, I mean, and then we just see this snowball, like Sissoko, all these players dropping. Um, Jose, man, Jose is quite aggressive towards the physio staff. Mm. Did you pick up on that? Yeah, it's, it's almost like... Uh, and I know, obviously, in the episode six, Sonny gets injured, but he's yeah. almost like he's he's like, don't tell me, like you know, that he's, yeah. he, like he can play, you know, he, they can play. He's, yeah. like, he, he's so like kind of, you can imagine mo- most managers would be like gutted about it. Oh, but he's almost yeah, like he doesn't take their angry. word, but he doesn't take their word for it. Yeah. Almost, it's like no, almost like no, I know better like... than you. Like it's almost like he'd be like, yeah. can I see their scans? Like can I work this one out? Yeah. Because... Did you did you hear him have the rant about? Oh, I had that exactly the That's same. Right, I was yeah. in a cast for a week yeah, and then I was arm. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, mate, come on. You sound. He sounded like my dad, right? When yeah. I used to play rugby, genuine. This is a genuine thing that happened. I was playing rugby and I got booted in the head. Right nowadays. Game stopped in an air ambulance to a hospital. I was knocked out cold. They brought me round with smelling salts. They've put Vaseline into this cut, which was pouring blood to stop it bleeding. I've stood up. They've said, right, how many fingers am I holding up? And I said, where am I? <laughs> they said, right, what's your name? And apparent, and again, I've been told this. I said, I'm, I'm, um, I'm you. Right. And they said, right, do you know where you are? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm at school. I was oh not at God, school, man. I was like, playing rugby in Wales. And they said, right, okay. And then my dad took me to one side, slapped me, <laughs> said, are you all right? And I said, yeah, yeah, I think so. He said, brilliant, get back on. Oh, my God. Right, now, <laughs> so I had this, when I heard Jose, like, wow, he's fine, look at him. Yeah, you know? yeah. But the uh, the other thing about that, by the way, is I think Sonny knew how bad it was, mm. and Sonny didn't want to go. Because yeah. he was so, I don't want the scan. Because the scanner yeah. show everything. I yeah. don't, want, I don't want you to see it. And he was yeah. there going, look, there's no pain. There's no pain. And they're like, what about when you do this? He's yeah. like, you can see. Yeah, he's, that he's, hurts a little bit, but he's, look. Yeah, his face, could, he, like when you can see, when Sonny's in pain, his face does not yeah. give it, like not give it away. His top no. lip goes right up no. and you can see, you can see that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the thing, I mean, every Spurs fan loves the guy anyway, but seeing him actually close to tears not because he's in pain or he's out injured but because he feels like he's letting the team down mm. it's like you know harry's injured they need me i cannot be injured yeah yeah i'm like oh dude stop it yeah. i already love you this is this is getting borderline stalker level you need to stop <laughs> being so amazing yeah yeah sure um so i mean that, that was a big thing the other big thing i made uh so yeah the pressure on the medical staff i thought was a real focus across these episodes mm. um i had no idea our head physio was a kiwi by the way yeah <laughs> which actually explains a lot with his kind of like i don't i don't give a f- attitude you know jose's like he'll play and he goes if he's ready i'm like oh do, 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 yes, do you know, sir. Yeah. but do you notice as well with him and i don't know if it's just his accent or he's the, the way the guy talks but it sounds yeah. like he's talking to someone who speaks english or is foreign who can kind of just speak yeah. pigeon english really you know he's like yeah, yeah so mean, yeah. i think he's going to be okay and i'm like i'm sure jose, jose Mourinho speaks fluent english yeah you know, but maybe it's just the way he's he speaks. Better than most of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think uh, genuinely uh, every Kiwi I know sounds like that. Yeah. They kind of 
really slow down. But my favorite thing about Kiwis is the Polynesians. Anyone who's seen Thor Ragnarok, there's a character in that called Korg, right? And he is based, he's voiced by a guy, he's based on these big Polynesian guys. And I'm talking like six foot six, 20 stone of hulking muscle, tattooed everywhere with their whole family dynasty all over them. But then you talk to them, they're like, hey man, oh, how you doing, bruh? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and and they're they're like bouncers at a nightclub. Oh, not your nuts, tonight, fella, this train is on, you're not coming in, maybe try tomorrow, yeah? And you're kind of looking at them going, you don't sound like you look, but I'm fairly confident you could murder me, so I'm going to go and just say thank you. Uh, Now I realise why you put that voice on initially when you did the Mountain Man voice, you know, because that's how you imagine Mountain Man as a Polynesian. I I, I pictured one of these (laughs) beer-ass Polynesians that I know, yeah. But they all talk so calmly and slowly. It's actually more menacing, especially when they're like that. It's like, now listen, he's not going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, yeah, So there's there's a scene that I feel was purely for the Amazon cameras, and I want to get your view on it. Um, Ericsson, Jose, and Levy sat in uh, Jose's office talking about Ericsson's situation trying to go to Inter Milan. Now, I thought that was really professional, and all of them were talking to each other and conversing, which shows that they've all acted professionally in what they're doing. But there was just one moment that, for me, went, you've done this for the cameras, is when Daniel Levy went, just to be clear... I've always told you that whatever money you're offered, I'd match it. So you leaving's not about the money. Yeah, it was and so went, for yeah, the cameras, wasn't yeah. it? It so and I was for like, the cameras. Oh, yeah. And then he tried to cover it by going, I just wanted Jose to hear that. I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, you wanted you all wanted us, to, us hear it. to hear that. <laughs> yeah, that was so bad. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I understand why he's doing it, but I was yeah. like, oh, that's so cringy, don't do that. Yeah, it was. You could you could read it, couldn't you? You could read him, why, what his actual yeah. motives were. Yeah, no, totally, totally good. Um, Another bullet point I've put down is about that Ben Davis moment. So Ben Davis, Harry Kane, who was injured at the time, uh, Christian Eriksen sat watching Sky Sports News. Sky Sports is talking about the January transfer window and all this money. Now, the funny thing for me in this is obviously Christian on that Sky Sports News is being constantly talked about, you know, because he's, you know, oh, is he going to leave Tottenham into Milan or in for him? And they've got this clip of the three of them sat there watching it. So I'm like, when these players are sat eating meals and they've got Sky Sports News up on these screens during transfer windows, they all sat in that canteen basically watching like, oh, who have I been linked with? Yeah. Oh, should I bring my agent? Yeah. Daniel Levy's sat in there with them as well. You know, imagine being in there, seeing Levy in the corner on the phone and Sky Sports News goes, oh, we got breaking news. Um, Watford have come in to try and sign so-and-so on loan and they go, what? Well, yeah. <laughs> Jokes on his yeah. And you see, you see Levy on the phone, you know, you, you launch a baguette at his head like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not going there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of weird for yeah. me. That was kind of a bit surreal but yeah. Ben Davis like um you know there's that transfer window in 2011 it's like 200 million was spent and stuff and then Red um bloody Ericsson saying well that's what you get for Harry Redknapp's right uh sorry Harry Kane's right that's foot, right yeah, yeah yeah and Kane be like not well not while I'm injured yeah that's right yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so I like that moment um obviously the main thing we got to talk about the key thing we got to talk about from these episodes is uh, Bergwijn signing. <laughs> I know what you all thought I was going to talk about, and I'm not there yet. Uh, but yeah, um, what did you think about seeing Hitchin for the first time? Yeah, because I know you talk about him quite a lot, 
And uh, yeah, so I've, I've had the wonderful opportunity of meeting him a couple of times. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so seeing him on TV was really weird. I bet, yeah. But he uh, he comes across well. I mean, he's a sort of yeah. he comes across the sort of personality you want for for the job he does, you know. So, yeah. but it was it was it's always weird. I think putting a face to a name. But now, whenever you mention yeah. him, I know exactly who you're talking about now. So it's yeah. helped me. And, and don't you think seeing him and Daniel Levy walk into a negotiation, you feel like the Mitchell brothers? Yes, are coming in? yes, yeah. There's not much hair between yeah, them, is um, there? No, no. There's yeah, they're not a hair width between them when it comes to money either. Yeah. Uh, but but Hitchin talking about the January transfer window just hit the nail on the head for me. He's like, I hate it. Mm. I hate it so much. And you hear clubs talk about it all the time, but it is a money thing. The January transfer window, agents make a fortune. I know I'm harping on about it, but every club in football would rather have a settled squad for a season. Well, They'd Dave, rather go, right, yeah. January, we do all this, and then through the season, perhaps we can have emergency loans for injuries. But other than that, settled squads. Yeah, did Ben Davis say that, didn't he, when he was sitting at the canteen? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Davis was just like, why can't players just develop? Why mm. can't we do this? Why can't yeah. we do that? You know, why can't we use academy kids? Why have we always got to be signing players every yeah. window? Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, Hitch for me at the nail on the head, and it's interesting to see how many other people might feel the same. But uh, Danny Rose, then. <laughs> um. We're going to finish on this. Danny Rose goes in to see Jose Mourinho. This is a what we call scripted reality show. By scripted, it means that they've basically edited through all of the footage they've had with everything. And clearly, they've set this up so they've got cameras ready for Danny Rose walking in to have a meeting with Jose. I'm not saying they've given Danny a script. I'm saying that they, you know... This is for TV. <laughs> they cl- they clearly didn't give him a strip a, a, a script. Yeah, I mean that's clearly, quite obvious yeah. as soon as he starts talking. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I mean obviously not going to go over what he said. Anyone who's seen it, the clips out there. If you've not, you know, just go to YouTube, Twitter, anywhere. Just type in Danny Rose Jose. You'll find the clip. He really goes off on one. Um, I have my opinion on how I felt about what he said and how he acted. Um, before I give it, I want to say that um. I know that Danny Rose suffers with mental health issues and I am very, very, you know, uh, I am someone who's very hot on trying to make sure people understand more about mental health, especially in sports. Um, And because of that, whenever Danny is in these situations and I hear him sort of burst out with things, I always have that in the back of my mind now because I'm aware of it. It's kind of like, okay, you know, maybe that's coming from a, a bad place because of that. That being said, my overriding emotion after seeing the way he spoke to Jose and what he said was it reminded me of being 14 years old, playing football with my local team and one of the kids not being picked and going mental about it. Yeah. See, I, it I, felt I, like a child ranting. Yeah, and I was going to say the same, and now I feel guilty about it after you, after you spoke about he, you know, he's, he's got mental health issues. I feel really bad about criticising. No, no, savage, no, savaging, because I, I, I've put that out there because genuinely I understand that how when you're in a bad place and stuff like that, it feels like everybody's against you, and you can go into it and feel that way. But what this documentary showed us, because he was then doing interviews with the Amazon people and he articulated himself a little bit better in those, I think. But at the same time, he still said things in that, which I'm like, really? You know, there's like this fine line between I'm confident in my ability 
and slagging off your teammates. Yeah, I think I think the the, the the word the word that struck me that just felt really childish was unfair. This is unfair. Yeah. Because like yeah. you know, I, my, my kids are what, eight and five, and they're constantly yeah. telling me that life's unfair. Like you know, if if I if I, <laughs> if, I, if, I if I get said but like a if I get him some V bucks for for Fortnite, oh it's not fair. You haven't got me any, any Ro- Roblox for whatever that other game is. So yeah. and I, and, I, and and it's always constantly life is unfair and. Yeah. As you grow up, you kind of have to accept that things are unfair. There's always going to be there's yeah. things always going to be aren't going to be be the way they should be. Like you know, I, I think like, I think yeah. I might have said this before, where we, we have it in us. It's always it's innate in us from when we're born to when we die that this sense of fairness and unfairness. So like, if something is unfair, like if you're queuing up for, uh, for something in a shop and someone just jumps in front of you four or five up and then joins a the queue. It sends me nuts because it's unfair that I've been standing in that queue and then you're just going to basically cheat your way in, in ahead of me, you know? So it's, it seems such yeah. a silly thing, but it's that unfairness. But I think it's, in, in as, as you grow up, as you become an adult, and also I was hoping that as a professional footballer, when things don't <laughs> feel, when things feel like they're unfair, it's how you deal with it. And instead of thinking, is, oh, yeah. this is unfair, like, you know, they're, they're, they're shitter than me and they're, they're still playing. Surely the attitude well, should that, be, yeah. right, Right. Okay. I didn't do well at Liverpool. Now there's other players playing. I'm gonna make damn sure that I'm back in that squad. He, he he's gonna. I'm gonna make it so he cannot not pick yeah. me. You know. But but, it, but he has his defeatist attitude. Yeah. Jose even said to him, "You were picked for the Liverpool game because in that week you were training was you know you were on it." Yeah. And that comes back to something Mauricio Pochino hinted at ages ago. He had a great relationship with Danny Rose, but he hinted that he only got up for certain games. Mm. Like, you know, after he had that amazing season and everyone told him how amazing he was and he could have gone to Man United, he could have gone here. He had the injury, mental health issues. He did the Sun interview. All of a sudden, it feels like Danny's like, oh, you know, I don't want to play Stoke on a Tuesday night. I want to be in the team for Man City. Yeah, you know, I want to be in the team for Liverpool. Yeah, and that's the week he trains hard. That's the, the rest of the time he kind of dawdles. Yeah, you know, I, and I don't know that, but that's just like the impression from what things have been said. And going into the office and throwing your toys out of the pram. And I mean, when he left, demanding to see Daniel Levy, I was like, "Are you serious? Yeah, you're an idiot? Yeah." And, and what I th- the hell? And and, and listen, I, I think as well that in life, the more effort you put into something, the more reward you yeah. get. So he, it's almost yeah. like. He he wants like you know do you remember that uh, what, I can't remember I think it may have been the same episode when he's talk he's sitting down in the canteen with Levy and he asks Levy yeah. uh, what clubs are in oh, for him yeah. and he says like there's Bournemouth yeah. Newcastle and then Newcastle. he says to him he's Milan interest what about Milan what about yeah. Milan yeah but the thing is you 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 can't like you can't expect to get into Milan or AC which whichever one it was yeah. to be interested in you if you're not putting in the effort like obviously you're no. not you're not putting in the effort you can't just like it's almost like he, he, like you say, he had that amazing season or a couple of seasons, and every, he set the world yeah. like he was the best left back in, in yeah. possibly even in Europe, let alone in, in, Europe, in England. I yeah. Think, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and he and he's he's still living off that, and he's and, he, and he's he's allowing his his levels to go down, thinking that yeah. people will still think he's that Danny Rose from four, five, six years ago, and and it's yeah. not the and case. I mean, ask ask Newcastle fans; they were not impressed. At yeah. All. Right. You know, new, I know a few Newcastle fans uh, via Twitter, and they were just like, "No, no." When we got linked with signing him, we knew that wouldn't happen. Mm. And true enough, Newcastle were like, "Nope." Yeah. And we're in this situation now where there's a rumor the club are negotiating with him to terminate his contract. Yeah. Because literally, no one's coming in, 
And I don't think watching that documentary and seeing how he spoke to Jose Mourinho is going to help his cause. Of course it isn't. Do you no. imagine being a manager like, uh, I know he's out of work at the moment, but like an Eddie Howe. Yeah. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, oh, okay, um, I'm looking at an experienced left back to my squad. Danny Rose is available. That would be perfect. But if he's got the temerity to walk into Jose Mourinho and shout that at him. Yeah. Yeah. Do I want that in my squad? And, and, it, and it goes. You know, they, they showed that other clip of him going bananas about Jose's tactics as well. You know, what's the point? I give the ball to Toby, he gives it in, you boot it forward. It's a waste of time. And mm. I'm like, I get it. And I, I don't think Jose, I, people venting and being angry at not playing well or whatever, I don't think that's going to that's gonna be water off a duck's back. But you can't have that in the dressing room. No. You saw the other players looking at him like, really, dude? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and it goes it goes back to what we was discussing earlier about our signings. You know, it's one thing to yeah. it's one thing to sign a good good player, good quality player with good ability, but their attitude is so important, isn't it? I think the attitude yeah. is what makes a difference between a team that are good and a team that win things. Yeah, no, no, I agree. It is it is definitely definitely a thing. Um, Mate, that's everything. I mean, I know there's more we could discuss about the all or nothing stuff, but yeah, I don't. Um, I didn't want to go in. I didn't want to go into massive detail beyond what we did. It's kind of like pick out bullet points and sort of have a bit of a laugh with it. Um, we've got episodes. Um, what's it? That seven, eight, nine, four, five, and six. Yeah. Seven, eight, nine are released on Monday. Um, a little bit of news for Spurs news listeners, and it's going to be fun for us as well because we don't know. Uh, we were contacted by the people at Amazon some time ago to let us know that they wanted to use a clip from this podcast in episode eight. Um, the clip is they, they literally sent us, We want to use this clip, and it's one line, and none of us can remember who said it. So it's going to be a surprise for us. When we get to hear one of our voices, um, what I've said all along is if it's me, then that's kind of great. If it's you, Matt, I'm going to be thrilled for you. If it's Stepan, who basically <laughs> step in, Stepan, who's coming in, done like three shows, I'm going to find you and I'm going to murder you. <laughs> and and I, and I mean this, <laughs> but but yeah, um, but yeah. So look out for that episode eight, and in the credits there will be a name check to the Spurs News podcast, which is a bit of a thrill for me. I got to be honest. With yeah, you. yeah. I think that's. I think that's. It's a. It's a. It's a good thing. You know that that we're, that we're involved with it, and it's only one line. Yeah. But you know, yeah. this is this is this is something that's you know it's big for all Spurs fans. So to hear one of us yeah. say a line, I think it's, I know it's. You know, don't yeah, get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not getting any any kind of grandeur like you know I know it's hardly like am, am I gonna am I gonna get an email from your agent if it was <laughs> yeah, you it's gonna be like I'm gonna hear the line it's like oh great it was Matt and then my email's gonna go like, hello I represent Matt yeah it's, it's, um, it's a guy I work need, with he Sam needs, uh, <laughs> he needs a bigger studio now uh, a driver to pick him up and purple M&M's only things. yeah yeah, yeah. It's the guy. It's the guy. The work guy I work with. I was talking about earlier. It's, it's my agent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, him is my agent. Oh no! Oh no! I'll be, I'll be screwed. It's not um, just cars. Is going to get me good deals. Deals on. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to bring Levy in. Um, but mate, I mean that's everything for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week where we will actually have a game to discuss. We kick off our season against Everton. After that, the games are coming thick and fast. So stick with us, everybody. We will get through this. <laughs> Uh, take care we'll be speak to you soon take care mate 
Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Remember, you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page with over 60,000 fellow Tottenham fans at facebook.com slash Spurs News. Thank you.